The Murders and Mysteries podcast series brought to you by the Grand Island Independent. Check out special subscription offers at our website, theindependent.com slash sign up for more information. Welcome back to Murders and Mysteries podcast series from the Grand Island Independent, episode two. I'm your host, Josh Salmon. This week, we are diving into a very unusual murder case, the murder of Alice Culbertson. The story is very interesting and has many twists and turns. This is Murders and Mysteries. Taking us through what happened is Michelle Setlick of the Hall County Historical Society. Michelle, this one dates back to March 27, 1932. The case is intriguing to me, involved as Carl Culbertson, his wife Alice, and Carl's daughter Viola. Two of the three mentioned knew something was going to happen. And this is a very odd murder on this one. The Culbertson family, she was shot and basically had no idea that this was going to happen, but two of those three people kind of knew what was going on. So take us through this one a little bit. This is based on a story you wrote for us a while back. Sure. So Alice Culbertson, she was actually, it was her second marriage. Uh, She had married Carl. Both Carl and Alice had been married previously. Both of them had children from their previous marriages. But Carl's um, 11-year-old daughter, Viola, was still at home, and so she was living with Alice and, and Carl at the time. And Alice had decided to stay home that night. Uh, Carl and his daughter were going to be heading to Grand Island to the Plottage to a dance. It was March 27th, 1932. And she was was sitting at home just in her front parlor. She was knitting. And after her husband and stepdaughter had left, and all of a sudden, a blast came from through the front door. Nothing she had. She had no idea, didn't hear anything, didn't see anything. Nope, she was just sitting, rocking in her chair, and all of a sudden, um, someone was standing on her front porch with a gun and and shot through the door and and killed her immediately. The weird thing about this, too, is they have a dog, and the dog usually barks at strangers, and the dog wasn't barking, as according to neighbors. Yeah, and so that's one of the things that really caused the sheriff to question what had happened, um, who this person had been that was able to get onto the family farm without the dog raising alarm. So he began to suspect that it was someone who was familiar with the place and the dog was familiar with. Sure. So, uh, and that's kind of what happened. So Sheriff uh, Dan Sanders arrived at the Culbertson family farm around 3 a.m. with uh, Dr. H.B. Boyden uh, and County Attorney A.L. Joseph, the sheriff, found two faint footprints in the porch. There were no shells found, so the sheriff concluded the killer had taken the spent shell with him. So uh, how did it actually happen? What, what did they say happened that he did? He shot her, and then what happened? So at first, they really didn't know that it was him that mm-hmm. shot her. He and Viola, they went to the dance. They were seen at the plottage all night. Uh, they came back home, and when they came home, he found his wife's body and went for help and called the sheriff, and so the sheriff came out. And um, the medical examiner came out, too. They kind of placed the time of death about four hours before the medical examiner arrived. So, again, they were, they were again, thinking that this was someone who had come across the farm and shot her. Um, Carl, he was playing, you know, the bereaved husband. And because Carl and, and Viola had been seen in town, they'd been seen at the plottage. So who had come to this farm while, while Carl and his daughter were gone? And, and him and Alice, Carl and Alice had been married at what, Four or five months at this time, about five months? Uh, They hadn't been married very long at the time, no. But um, like I said, she had a daughter from a previous marriage too. And 
and her daughter and and Carl did not get along. Her daughter was married and out of the house, but um, so yeah, it was. But Alice herself, she came from a really old, prominent family, so her mm. family was well known in the community too, which made people really nervous too. That you know, this woman was sitting at home alone at night, and someone came up and killed her in her own front parlor. Coming back, clues and a confession help lead to a suspect in the murder of Alice Culbertson. When Murders and Mysteries continues. At the Grand Island Independent, our award-winning staff provides the best in news, sports, and photography. Your trusted source since 1870 is the Grand Island Independent. Special subscription offers are available. Visit theindependent.com slash sign up for more information. Welcome back to Episode 2 of Murders and Mysteries, podcast series from the Grand Island Independent. Before the break, Michelle and I were discussing the murder of Alice Culbertson. She's a lady from a good family, sitting at home alone at night, and was murdered without even a trace of reasoning. But this is where it gets interesting. Some people became suspicious of what actually happened. And so he had a good alibi, Carl did, if, if it was Carl. Uh, the good alibi was the dance, because people saw him and his daughter Viola at the dance that night. Yeah, so the sheriff, he was starting to get a little bit uh, suspicious, though. The dog was one of one of the things that made him suspicious. Uh, Culberson's story really was kind of making him a little bit suspicious, too, because what he found, too, the sheriff found was, even though that Carl had gone to the leader, to the plottage, to the dance, no one remembered seeing him there before 10 o'clock at night. Mm. Um, so there was a little bit of a gap in his, his timeline, and he said, well, he actually stopped at someone's house on the way. So the sheriff put a couple deputies on Culbertson and started watching his place, and he was also kind of curious about a gun that he found on the farm that... Um, it was uh, all cleaned. It was completely cleaned. And and there was some question then about this gun, if this gun had been cleaned after shooting Mrs. Culbertson. And something about one well, of the pins was missing or something in the gun. Has that kind of tipped him a little bit? Um, the pin was really bright and shiny. Uh-huh. Uh, the one pin was really bright and shiny where the other one was kind of corroded with dust um, and rust a little bit. So because the one firing pin was really clean on the gun, that was kind of a suspicion too from the, sh- the sheriff that – you know, the gun he suspected had recently been fired that belonged to Carl Corbertson. So after that, they uh, decided to go the court case on this and bring in the Culbertsons. Yep. Actually, um, they brought in both Carl and his 11-year-old daughter, Viola, and they put her in separate, they put them in separate rooms and started questioning them separately. And that is kind of where the case started to come together and, and Culbertson's defense kind of fell apart. So after 12 hours of questioning, um, Carl finally confessed to the crime. Um, and Viola, it was kind of interesting too. 11 year old Viola had confessed that she knew her father was contemplating murdering her stepmother. Um, oh. And she had tried to convince him not to do it. Um, but in Carl, too, he, uh, it was interesting. He said that he had no sorrow over his wife's death, he expressed no remorse for killing her. Or putting his 11-year-old daughter in that position of, yeah. of knowing that he was going to do harm to her stepmother. And and so when the case came together and the story came out, Viola said that her dad had put her in the car. They were going they were going to be heading to this dance at the plottage. It was something that was planned. Right. Um, Alice decided to stay home. And Carl apparently found that that was going to be a great opportunity. So while Viola was sitting in the car, he went around the house with his shotgun and she heard the shot ring out. And as they were driving away, her father told her her stepmother was dead. Wow. 
That's 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 a lot of issues right there. It's a <laughs> lot of baggage. That is a lot of issues. So, anyways, uh, they did go to the dance. They came back, but they did find them guilty. In the meantime, while they were in custody, they did have the funeral for Alice Culbertson while mm-hmm. uh, the husband and uh, stepdaughter were uh, in custody. So they had that. They did find Carl guilty on this murder. They did, and um, when they... When they had the trial, they were trying to decide what the penalty was going to be. Nebraska did have the, the death penalty, so he could have faced um, death in the electric chair or a life sentence. And so, like I said, Alice, she was from an old prominent Hall County family, and her brothers were actually called to the stand by the state, and both of her brothers had requested that Carl be sentenced to life, not to the death penalty. So that's George and Otto. I think it's... Guys Hazen, Guys and mm-hmm. Hagen, Guys and Hagen. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were the brothers. They said a life sentence. So Carl Cobbleson was delivered to the state penitentiary in Lincoln on May tenth, nineteen thirty-two. Served twenty years behind bars. Was released in nineteen fifty-two at the age of seventy-one. Died July fourth, nineteen fifty-seven. Yes, and so both Carl and Alice are buried in separate places, but they are both buried out of the Grand Island Cemetery. He came back to the community. So on her tombstone, does it say Culbertson? No, actually, um, it actually has her maiden name and then her first married name, Timke. It does not list her name as Culbertson on her stone. That's kind of what I thought would happen. So that's that's a very uh, disturbing man there. And they never really said the motive behind it. Apparently, he just had something in for her and really didn't have any feelings for her. But yeah, I I don't know why they ended up marrying. um, But after they married, they apparently did not get along well together and and instead of divorcing her, which is what Viola had Suggested. encouraged right. he do, yeah. is just divorce his stepmother because she said um, only grief would come to him if if he carried out his plan, which is what happened. Grief came to him. Right. Um, so if he would have divorced her and just moved on, everyone's life would have been a whole lot different. Well, and who knows? I mean, she probably, the little girl probably went to live with her sisters, or who knows, but she has that trauma for the rest of her life, you know? So. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. 11 <laughs> years old, and to know that your father is planning on killing someone, and he's kind of involved you in, in his uh, alibi. In his web. Wow, that's a bad one. So that is the uh, the Culbertson murder there uh, on the podcast here for the Grand Island Independent. Michelle Setlick was my guest. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. A solved murder mystery from March of 1932. Thank you, Michelle Setlick of the Hall County Historical Society. Stay tuned next week for Episode 3 of Murders and Mysteries podcast series from the Grand Island Independent. Next week, I visit with Dr. Nathan Tai, Assistant Professor of History at the University of nebraska Kearney. Dr. Tai tells us about Nebraska's first serial killer, Stephen Richards. Join us next week on Murders and Mysteries. Until then, this is Josh Salmon. See you next time. Murders and Mysteries podcast series from the Grand Island Independent is copyrighted by Lee Enterprises 2022.